Ka hanga whare te tangata, ka hanga tangata te whare. A people build a house, and a house builds a people. So we have about 356 solar panels um, on the roof, uh, the carport, and also the signage. So the living building challenge for Tuhoi aligns very well with Tuhoi values, Tuhoi principles when you look at land, the environment, nature and the level of respect it has or consideration it has to land. The living building Te Kurafare in Taniatua is a landmark not just by its sheer scale, but it's a building that represents many things, like the future of Naituhoi and the well-being of its people, how a grand building operates off the grid and harnesses natural energy, but perhaps the overarching theme is mana motuhake, or self-governance. The structure is on the main street of Taniatua, a small community 10 minutes' drive from Fakatani in the eastern Bay of Plenty. When it was first built, it was aptly called Te Whare Ho, or the new building. Well, it's been a few years now. Today it is known as Te Kura Whare and is described as a beacon for the Tuhoi people. In the first part of this series, we looked at the changes in Taniatua. From an enterprise perspective, the Taniatua Art Gallery is a space for emerging and established artists. Tamaiti. Uh, this one here is one of my favourite. It's not for sale, but it's a, it's a two bar buckle. And uh, so we got to try and encourage our, our whanau to uh, maybe get the, the box a, a mess and uh, maybe wrap themselves in, in the pariki, mm-hmm. harakeke. So it's really it's just the beginning of the conversation to provoke a conversation. And the Taniatua Hair Saloon, set up by Toy Itzi, who seized an opportunity to not only transform the former butchers into a barber shop, but next door the boarded up windows came down after 20 years. This is um, where the Māori Women's Welfare League sought all of the. The clothes that get donated and come in, and so they sort it out. Some need to go off for washing, they iron some. This is actually a jibbed over, this is a jibbed wall, because these were rotting, these uh, windows, and they were had bars up on them as well. So while we did up next door, we came in here and we emptied it out. We fixed all of the windows and painted it, put these racks up for them on the sides, and now it looks like a shop. When we talked about Te Kurafare, or the living building, Toyoti says that some locals were against it and argued that the money could have been better spent elsewhere. But his opinion has changed over time. You know, to tell the truth, when, when that was first built, I was sceptical. I was like, that's a lot of money to spend on one. Like, well, there's a lot of poor people around here and you're building this. But I have come around. Because you're, you're right, it is a symbol, it's a role model, it's a, um, it's a future. Oh, manamotuhake is what it is, because it is off the grid, and that's where we need to be. 
in this series, Transforming Taneatua, I'm with Maya Rurihe, who takes me on a tour of Te Kurafari and explains the intricate designs of the building. Enga hau e fao te motu nei rā te mihi mai o hakea tātou katoa, ko tahuri mai ki tēnei o ngā kaupapa. Ko Justine Murray, ahau. So, where did it all begin? Well, the discussions surrounding the construction of a building began several years ago. So during the settlement process, there was a group established to look at or specifically ask the question, what does a tūhoi future look like? And so this question was asked um, and went all around New Zealand, um, also online. And from those conversations um, and input from tūhoi people, um, that then created a blueprint plan or a 40-year plan that will eventually, the hope is to take tūhoi into a space of, well, independence or te manamotuhake or tūhoi. Part of that plan or that blueprint um, was a building to be the vision or, or an icon or even a demonstration of what that might potentially look like. Those conversations took place in 2010. The corridor extended to those from Tuhoi who lived in Australia. The negotiations ultimately led to the Tuhoi Deed of Settlement signing in 2013. In March of that year, construction of the Living Building began. The project was led by renowned architect Ivan Mursip and his company Jazzmax. Ivan's architectural mark is left on many buildings in New Zealand. He was born in Taumarunui in 1930 with Croatian heritage. One of his projects was the National Museum, or Te Papa. Here's a recording from 1990 where he talks about his design concept. The building that we've submitted for the design competition has an expression of Amarai, which um, symbolises the the Maori culture. On the European uh, side, we have a structure which relates to the city, set on the city grid, which is uh, the imposition of the European culture on the land when it came here, and this is reflected in the way that the particular building sits. Um, And those two symbols, as I said again, come together and are joined by the the open country, and this is is symbolised by this large enclosed space, which brings those two elements together. It's, it's an area which you move away from to experience both cultures. Probably the major thing, the, the two major building elements, the marae and the, and the, uh, the treasure house for the Māori Tonga, project out into the, into the sea, looking towards the openness of the harbour, towards the Hutt Valley. Unlike other architects who submitted their ideas for the construction, the story goes that Ivan had a blank piece of paper and wanted to sit down with the people to get their ideas. He took the concept of the living building to them based on the work of the International Living Future Institute, a non-profitable organisation in Canada. To be a living building, there are some pretty tough guidelines, from the nails sourced to the wood processing. Maya Rudehe explains. A 21st century marae or a um, sustainable, self-sufficient, the timber um, that is used is pine uh, with a mixture of native mm. from Deruera. The Living Building Challenge, it originates from uh, Canada. The idea is that 
it looks at the anatomy of a flower, and a flower gets receives all its energy from the sun, water from the rain, just through the roots. When flower dies, it goes back to the land as nutrients. Flower is also beautiful. The flower itself contributes more to the environment around itself than it takes. So um, when you take that idea, that concept and put it into the design of a building, um, that's the living building challenge. When you get deep into it, um, you have seven performance areas um, that you may or may not go by, and every pedal has 20 imperatives. So, for example, yes, materials, that is one of the performance areas, and uh, one of the imperatives is has a red list, and this red list at the time yep. uh, contained about 17 harmful chemicals uh, that is not to be included uh, with the building. So nails, stainless steel, you couldn't purchase nails from our local... Uh, Hardware stores. Yep. yep. Um, they had to be specifically made. So in that process, just with that red list, um, you had to ring up almost every manufacturer... And ask them, do you, do you have this particular? Yeah. Yep. And um, so that process was quite long and enduring. But um, in doing so, and it was a good change and a yeah. good look for well the building industry yeah. um, in New Zealand. Yeah. Um, so it had a big impact, not just on Tuhoi, but also on, in New Zealand. The amphitheatre is home to local community events. It can seat up to 3,000 people, and the archway, or waharua, is 23 metres in length and is made of laminated radiata pine. It also depicts te manamotuhake, or tūhoi, as Maya explains. So here we are standing in the amphitheatre, or the event part of the building. Um, so the amphitheatre was created to help um, or to promote togetherness so that people, um, not just Tuhoi people, are able to celebrate um, whatever they want to celebrate. So the amphitheatre can fit around 3,000 people and the design of it is, well, very similar to maybe the Colosseum. The number 3,000 was estimated around the number of the Tuhoi Ahure Festival. Um, so with the hope to maybe someday this will facilitate that. Um, but because it's, it's a kind of an all-rounder, it's not just about kapahaka. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also have holiday programs, church events, uh, community events. So it's including all Tuhoi people um, who come from all over the world and kind of that first point of contact mm. with Tuhoi who have never been home before. The large open space of the chambers has lots of natural light. The large beams of wood look more like large overhanging sculptures. Around the room, the space has purposely placed artwork. And here, this is the tribal chambers. Um, you can seat around 500 people in here. Firstly, the design, it's to that of a marae. Um, so that was Ivan Mercip's challenge uh, for this area. Um, and how he's done that, you've got open space, just like at our own marae. It's a, it's a central, central place. And then you've got outside the amphitheatre, yeah. which we just spoke about, um, which is the marae Formerly, you do not um, use the space like a marae. So, for example, pōhiri don't happen out there? No. And I see the Colin McCann triptych. 
So the Colin McCann has travelled far and wide throughout New Zealand. Um, it does have a political history. The Tiruera National Park Board at the time, uh, around the I think 1970s, um, they commissioned Colin McCann to do this art piece. Um, he spoke with the Tanafta Whenua as well uh, to help create this uh, art. And what you see here, you've got to hoi urewera their land, or otherwise their land. So that talks about the politics between the government and the people of Teruera. At that time, they were fighting over the land. Needless to say, it's just a statement to say, yeah, we are from here. Yeah. And then you've got Te Koti Te Tsuruki and So this guy, Colin, has learnt a lot about Tuhoi history. The middle here, you've got Ta Neatua, uh, the T, a representation of, well, our Atua, a Tane, Tane Mahuta, Tane Nuyarani. So easily seen as he was the one who separated Harangi and Papa, uh, or had the idea to. Then you've got our Pepeha, one of our many Pepeha, Komaunga Pohati Te Mauna Kutu Hoite Iwi, and then you've got the hills in the background uh, showing Dirwira itself. The Teurewera triptych was painted in 1975 and is made up of three large canvas panels. The painting was stolen in 1997 and returned to the Department of Conservation at Lake Waikaremoana just over a year later. Because of that, apparently the value of it has risen. Today it's sitting here. Um, it was in Auckland. Uh, but it's sitting here today uh, behind a glass. Was this here when this whare opened? It wasn't, no. no. Near the back of the space is an area for old photographs or taonga. This is the archives space. So we call it Te Wharepuri. That name's short for Te Wharepuri Taonga, Te Wharepuri Kōrero. Um, so it's a, a bit of two. This space was created with the support of that blueprint, so those conversations to Hoi people, where they needed a space to, well, preserve their taonga, uh, things that they hold dearly to themselves as a whānau or as a hapu, even as an iwi. So for Tūhoi, we do not have this space. Well, prior to this, we did not have this space. Uh, you would ne- then need to uh, send your things to either... The Papa or Auckland Museum and things like that. So it's about creating our own and having our own. And doing that, you're creating skills, knowledge based around that. So it's it's all in part. And so um, what we do have in the at the moment, yes, you've got photos of our kuya um, within Tuhoi. Alan Baldwin, he was the photographer, and he went throughout the rohe, not just to Hawaii, I believe through New Zealand as well, capturing the moko kauwai. During those times, he did uh, create a strong bond or relationship yeah. with these women, uh, these kuya. Therefore, these pictures themselves are quite personal to him. Um, so when he handed them over, the emotions there, you could feel it. Um, but he felt like, yep. Yeah, my girls need a home. <laughs> yeah. So these were in his possession. These aren't from the, the queers whānau that they were in. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's, it's a good also for 
the Naudi, Na Mukopuna, Na Kuyane. So it's also descendants when they come through. The clay bricks used inside the space means that the room temperature and humidity levels are maintained. Te Kura Whare has 326 solar panels, more than any other building in New Zealand. Which brings us to the internal energy monitor. So we're standing in front of a TV screen mm-hmm. with um, an, an image of um, large wind turbines. Mm-hmm. What's the tikanga, what's the kaupapa of this? So this is uh, a monitor uh, and it helps us to collect information um, well, from our technology. So it's got its generation and consumption, uh, which talks about the energy uh, from the sun through the solar panels. Part of the living building challenge, firstly, is that you have to generate your own power. So you can't get assistance by from the grid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the living building challenge itself. So to accommodate that, yes, we've got that many solar panels. And the idea is that in the dry seasons, it accumulates so much energy so that in the, the winter season. come the winter season, all those peak times when there is no light, we've got a bad backup generator that we would lock into when that time is to come. Uh, we've got another ba- set of batteries where you can bank, or I think that's the terminology they use, yeah. they bank their energy uh, for surplus. Um, therefore, you can sell it back to the grid. You're making an income uh, to say, or you credit from that. Mm. So this entire building is run, just so that I'm clear, is run on solar power. Yes. So when you're at your desk, from your computer to answering the phone to the cafe that's here, mm. everything's on solar. Yes. Mm-hmm. Ah, so it's showing what is um, yes. being is coming from the solar panels versus what you got, what this yeah. fare is using. Yep. So you see that. Oh, well, some of them it's, it shows on a weekly basis, a daily basis, also annually. And you'll see throughout uh, the week, maybe, I'll, talk, I'll give you an example of that. From Monday to Friday, we would probably consume more than what we generate um, because, well, of the use of the building. And coming to Saturday and Sunday, well, because the building is not open, yep. we would be generating more. And that's how you can, how, how you can see um, the work. holidays would help too, that sort of thing. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> Summer um, break. <laughs> but I don't think we have too much public holidays. So it was estimated that it would take eight years uh, to create revenue to, or to, to generate all that monies back. So is there a sense of don't consume too much power here? Are there sort of like, you know, staff are told? Yes, yes, there is. So it has had an influence uh, rather on the staff. So you might have staff who's lived a a way of life uh, to that of the the modern ideology of society where we live off the grid. And so here you're relying on well, solely your technologies. And so things like, yep, turning off the lights. Yes. Um, and you come in the morning, uh, is it too hot, is it too cold? So you can open the windows to either uh, yeah. for that or the heaters. But we do have earth bricks. And so we do have a quite a staunch boss who tells us or tells the receptionist, hey, turn off those lights or you turn off those heaters. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Um, but interesting enough, one of the, f- the first conversations with Ivan uh, to help him get an idea of what 
two hoi wanted was that they said, Ivan, we want a building that um, when it's too hot, well, we just open the windows. When it's too cold, just okay. close the windows and it retains the heat, eh? Yeah, so we bring a blanket. <laughs> so it's about being efficient. Yeah, mm. yeah. Being yeah. wise. Mm. This also, um, this monitor also talks about the temperature inside, regulated humidity and carbon dioxide. So that is all a part of the living building challenge. So this is a part of that and it's a part of their certification process. Um, so we collate all the all the information, they, they look at it and see whether the technologies or the design is actually working and then you are certified mm, under wow. that. So, yeah, I've, currently we are not certified under the LBC just yet. Tūhoi pōtiki maumau kai maumau taonga maumau tāngata ki te pō. Tūhoi wasteful of food and of men in battle. Maumau kai taken from that whakatauki, is the name of the community cafe. This is a public space, so good point on that is that while well, the whole building is for everyone, um, which is for under the living building criteria as well, uh, they have a pedal called equity, and that is, it's about people's rights or rights to nature, being equal as people, so tūhoe, pākeha, ngāti awa, Chinese, so the space and the design has been based on that as well. So, um, yes, it is a. So, any people obviously driving past who want to have a look in the. Mm. Yeah, so this this space is not only obviously a a place of work for the likes of yourself, but it is an actual living Mm. come on in, have a cup of coffee, have a look around. Yep, the timber you see in here is native. So the tabletops, so the, the, tim- the native timber were salvaged from dead weather itself, some from the rivers, and they were yeah, either standing dead, lying dead. You can use the word recycled almost. Yeah. These timber, or that process, allowed the people to be a part of it as well. So work, giving work to the people, uh, which was amazing as well. Yeah. So we're now on the main sort of entranceway into um, Te Kurafare. So, and again, artwork on the window. So was this, again, very, very recent? These are the achievements of the organisation and the people. For example, you've got contributions, $111,300 was used to support education contributions or education endeavours. And then over here you've got Broadband in Ruatahu now. <laughs> so uh, this was an achievement last year, which is by the tribal themselves as well. You've also got the Matahi Forest, which was, um, well, purchased. Uh, so, yes, achievements along that financial year, uh, 2015, 2016. Can, when we, where we're standing, can we see any solar panels or are they just purely on the roof? Solar panels... Oh, yes, there they are. On the carport is the easiest place to see the solar panels. Yes, yeah, so I think there's about 60 there, uh, solar panels. And maybe to kind of simplify how much energy we use or make, if you had about 24 large domestic houses connected to this solar array, it would be able to support that. Uh, 24? Yeah. 
what you really need for solar panels is just the space so that it captures the sun uh, light. So if you had things like trees covering it or it's in a space where there's shadow, well, you wouldn't have much luck with generating the sun. This area has more sunlight throughout Tuhoi than anywhere else. Really? Mm. Hence the reason why this building is here. Yeah. Do you know if there were other sites looked at? There were. I'm not too sure. I'm, I do not know which those sites are. But um, this site um, was also chosen because, well, it's the northern entrance into Tuhoi. Um, and this is kind of where the space where, um, you know, this is where the journey of Tuhoi did start. Uh, through Ta Niatua, those stories, and um, down to him, Paifiti and Tuhoi, who then resided in Ruatoki. So we have four tents, which is divided, well, not divided, but um, which come from the blueprint plan. Um, so these four teams assist or start that 40 year plan, and they look at things like. Or Nukurani, who is now looking after Teruera. Things like possum permits, biodiversity, nurturing the land. And then you have Iwi, who look after housing, uh, medical care, health, social welfare, education, which is a really big one. Anamata, who is part of the Te Pareputi area, yep. Liberian archives. Also the office admin. And then you have Fairawa, who are monies, yep, financial yep. Yep. side of things. So <laughs> they all uh, support that plan, and so um, they're pretty much the people who help create those conversations, um, new ideas um, on what those things might look like for Tuhoi to then take Tuhoi into a well, a space of independence. In keeping with the theme of recycling, artist Mariah Timutumu used old computer keyboards and USB cords to illustrate one of the local pepeha. Um, I am the seed of the pod of the good of this man of Naituhoi. So, yes, it speaks about the growth of a plant. From that seed, you've got the branches, you've got the leaves. Um, they go all their own different ways, but no matter what way they go to, they all connect back to that seed. Um, mm. So it, was, it, it came about at a time where Tuhoi was not known as Aniwi. So there was this... Uh, I do not know who it is, um, but Tuhoi's Mokopuna or descendants decided that let's bring all these people in these areas under the one umbrella, under Tuhoi. So you see that strongly today, and today that Whakatauaki still sits because it's still in play. We're still trying to bring the people together. Yeah, which is a really strong statement over here. Uh, Mm-hmm. 